Materialism is the belief that reality has substance, and that this substance has ontological independence means matter and the other components of reality are sufficient to explain their existence no other factors are needed. The claim that reality is sufficient to explain itself is what we mean by ontological independence. It may appear to be a small thing to deny God. After all, we can and do deny the existence of Santa, Yeti, aliens and ghosts and a host of other things. How much harm can it do to deny God? Let's forget that he exists and who he is for the purpose of this discussion. There are of course repercussions to denying God, but these are not relevant to those who do not believe he exists. We may as well threaten those who deny Santa with the prospect of receiving no presents this Christmas. Ontology is the study of beginnings. If we deny God, then we have to postulate a different beginning. If the atheist does not like God being the starting point, they implicitly accept there is a different one and this is tantamount to a claim. However, nothing terrifies the unbeliever so much as a level playing field. Many Christians are naive and trusting and so do not notice it, but everything an apostate does when setting up a debate is to disadvantage Christians. If it was a joust, they would have the horse and armor and the Christian would be tied to a stake. If you do not understand the apostate as the lowest creature on earth you will be defenseless against demons who have only one interest, and that is to strip you of your faith using any means possible. Atheists will demand Christians prove God exists. But implicit in this demand is we do it according to their standard. We know how to prove neutral facts, but how does a Christian prove God exists to a person who excludes the evidence from consideration? But this is not the full extent of the problem atheists put in the way of a solution. The preconditions of a solution if we attempt to create a proof satisfactory to atheists is akin to proving aliens exist without reference to other planets or proving fish exist without resorting to comments about creatures that live in water. In other words, the parameters of a proof preclude the possibility of a proof. To put this in simpler terms, the apostate assumes the conditions which preclude God exist and assume these conditions exist without evidence or question simply because they justify the exclusion of God from debate. This is why we say apostates do not try and win a debate, atheists try and control the terms of the debate to such a degree that there is no longer the possibility of a debate. Has an apostate ever answered a question or attempted to prove anything relevant to the debate they wish to have? The atheist wishes to set the terms of the debate. The atheist is the sole judge of what constitutes evidence, they make the rules, adjudicate the rules, define the terms of the debate and are the scorekeeper, deciding what the score is and who has committed a foul or error. Christians must learn to demand a level playing field. How can the existence of God be proven in a worldview that precludes the need for God and indeed, precludes the possibility of God? If God cannot be proven to exist in a material universe, it is up to the apostate to prove material reality exists. If atheists wish to demonstrate the God hypothesis is irrelevant or redundant, then they need to prove a problem can be solved independent of the God hypothesis. In truth, secularists cannot even prove physical reality is independently existent. Reality exists, no one argues this, 
however this truth does not mean mankind is irrelevant. The observer is a necessary element of reality. On the other hand, it is not the physical observation that is the crucial component of determining reality. Logical continuity is more crucial. Does anything exist that is not observed? Do we all truly see the same thing? There is no third party to confirm that what two observers see is identical. Phenomenologically identicality is a meaningless term. There is no objectivity in our methods of confirmation. There is always confirmation bias operating in every effort to calibrate observations. Physical reality is the product of circular reasoning. Even science assumes reality is physical and uses experiments based on the belief reality is physical to test the hypothesis. There is no possibility for an experiment to provide evidence for anything other than for a physical reality composed of physical events created by physical causes. But every cause is an abstraction. Physics tells us that a body set in motion will remain in motion unless acted on by an opposing force. But motion is not physical nor is force and what is called a body is actually abstracted from the motion and the force that resists the motion. If we look at the term closely a force is a term saying something changed and we assume if something changed, something had to cause the change. The something that caused the change exhibited force and this caused the change, but all we observe is the change in a force. When we hit a table with our fist, we think we have proved substance exists. The table appears to have substance, our fist appears to have substance, and when they connect the substance of each creates a barrier to the force of the other. There is resistance displayed by the substances of both table and fist. But modern people know there is nothing in the interface of fist and table but empty space. Even the force that stops our fists from passing through the table is largely missing. But even if we acknowledge the existence of force, force is more metaphysical than it is substantial. The car is real and physical. The force it exerts on the road is ephemeral. But the car is the force it exerts on the forces that compose the environment. All there is are insubstantial forces acting on one another. Be that as it may we still have the laws of physics. We know that a body at rest will remain at rest until acted upon. It is logical that this would be so, but there is nothing about a body at rest that indicates it will not spontaneously move. There is nothing about a body in motion that ensures it will stay in motion until acted upon by an opposing force. For all we know, all the air in the room will move to the further corner and we end up suffocating from a lack of oxygen in an open area. Logic gives us certainty, logic gives us faith, but empirical observations never do. There are in fact two theories of knowledge or two ways of seeing reality, and while these two realms can correlate at the surface, they are not compatible when it comes to fundamentals. Secularists have no choice but to be empiricists and to assume all we know about reality is arrived at through the five senses. Empiricism is a way to buttress and substantiate what the body and its physical senses tell us is true. Empirical science exhibits confirmation bias when it comes to physical reality. It cannot do tests to see if metaphysics has a truth component, because empiricism is blind to metaphysical events. 
If we were totally dependent on science for our knowledge, we would not believe consciousness, love and truth existed. All we would know about is force. But we do not take our understanding of reality from empiricism alone, nor does it have the major influence on our consciousness. No one expects mental events to obey the rules of empiricism. Therein lays the problem because empiricism is at best a method of confirming what the body experiences. Empiricism cannot innovate, it cannot create new information. Science is not a vehicle of progress. Scientists cannot conduct an experiment to see which experiment will be done next, nor what research ought to focus on. Science only confirms logical causality events such as, if a then be science is akin to a cook figuring out what steps need to be taken to arrive at the meal of her choice. But even the idea that it is a meal or something to be studied is decided outside of science. It is not science that decides if the experiment succeeded or failed. It is the experimenter. The scientific method has created a worldview in which the world is an environment to be tested for its physicality. Science wants to establish causal chains from first cause right up until the final effect assuming everything arose from a first cause. But this is ontological nonsense. There cannot be a first cause in science or a final effect. Absolutes are incongruous in a reality composed of causal forces, and so in the minds of science they are compelled to embrace unconsciously, if not consciously, a kind of circular reasoning. At some point the effect becomes the cause of a new cycle of events. But that means entropy is restarted. Causality requires the end or final effect becomes a cause sufficient to start the entire process, including the final effect, all over again. The end of one cycle is the beginning of the next, which provides no real solution to the problem of a one-off universe because reoccurring infinities are not more plausible than a single one-off event. However, the very implausibility of the empirical narrative leads us to conclude that logic is the fundamental constituent of the universe. Information is fundamental, not force. It is the fundamental nature of reality its logical constituents, that allow us to critique the materialist narrative. If anything, force is merely the playing out of logical necessity. If something exists as a logical variable, then logically the variable exists according to its conditionality, and will continue to exist because there is no logical reason it would cease to exist. Logical necessity gives us the illusion of causal connectivity. Information has an origin. Nothing is more logical than that information should be created. But secularists talk about origins as if something can originate by its own hand. Materialists appear to believe that if a thing exists, it must exist, but there are no absolutes and no absolute necessities in phenomenology. What materialists are actually speaking of is information and information always has an origin. One cannot logically conceive of information originating itself. It is easy to dismiss God. It is a simple matter to say we do not need the God hypothesis as an explanatory tool. But this God whom you dismiss is a creature of your own making. You invented this God to demonize. He is not real because your reality is not real. 
You believe it is an accomplishment to disbelieve in false gods, even the ones you create. You are doing nothing greater or more significant than dismissing a lie thinking that what you will be left with is a truth. But to have the truth requires more than eliminating propositions. What about the reality you created that has no God in it? Why do you think it is more substantial than the God concept you renounced? At some point you need to build, and you need to ask yourself how sound is the foundation you are building on? The information that composed the God you denied originated with you. No one believes in the God of your narrative. We do not believe in a God which can be denied. Our God is omnipresent, if you deny him this is not the God of our truth. God originates truth. Even you need a source of truth and where do you find this, not in your mind or in science. No scientist will claim what he or she establishes is anything more than a probability or conditional truth. The truths of science are synthetic, they are as true as they are consistent with the observation we make of a physical reality that cannot be proven to exist. There is no way to know if reality is physical or if our observations are anything more than mental events. You can get rid of deities, but you cannot get rid of the need for truth, and truth is not what is left over after you discard God. To claim God is not needed leaves you with a reality that has no ontological foundation. If you eliminate what is true, you end up with a reality whose origin is no longer logical or provable. Once you have eliminated truth you cannot get it back by following lies. Secularists may mock Christians and assert that miracles are improbable, but the God hypothesis does not preclude historic or causal discontinuities. Christians are permitted to introduce new information into the discussion. Whatever an atheist wishes to work with must be present at the outset. There is no avenue by which new factors can be introduced once the causal process is started, because cause can only create whatever already existed in potential from the outset. Secularists cannot start with nothing. Secularists eliminate God yet must resort to metaphysics to introduce the universe. A beginning is not natural. A beginning is always a metaphysical conception. Yet, because nature is logical it is possible to understand nature in terms of logical chains of events. It is when we get to humanity that the natural progression of events hit a snag. It is impossible to understand humans without the introduction of new factors such as sentience, knowledge, information, mind and consciousness to name a few. These ideas are neither nested in each other nor implicit in the Big Bang. Civilization is a distinctly human construction, but it is not something that can be deduced from the Big Bang nor from the arrival of sponges. There is no force in nature that causes or gives rise to intelligence. Language and information are not caused to occur by random events. It is not just that the universe needs to have to have the attributes of God just to give rise to nature. It is that when we get to mankind we need to conceive of man as a god in his own right. The god that is nature is insufficient to give rise to man. Both man and nature need to have ontological self-sufficiency to be explained. Ontological independence is incompatible with the world in which we exist. Everything is caused or nothing is caused, those are the options. 
Either reality and humanity created the information that composes them, or God created everything that exists. The choices are there was a spontaneous generation of information by the subject of the information, or information arises from a supreme sentient being communicating with his creation. But if the universe can create itself it becomes as God in everything but the ability to create willfully and consciously. Even if the universe created itself, there is no reason why it would. Ontology in the end requires a preference for an outcome, otherwise force cannot be applied. By its very nature, force, especially that attached to origins, implies a preferred outcome and this implies a sentient being. If there is sentience and this sentience has a preferred outcome, ontology cannot be considered a self-originating or self-guided process.